truth of the Lord is pleased. He loves to hear your voice. If we could have the leaders come forward at this time, I want to encourage all of you that need prayer for anything to come forward. And these, uh, these leaders will pray for you. Uh, you can trust them with whatever you need to share with them.
something goes wrong. 
Yeah, somebody was responsible, well, let's find out what happened and let's move ahead. But we don't place the blame. We're not looking at blame fixing and things like that. What about the third one? What do I get? Well, again, there's a balance in life, right? I hope if you work an honest day's work, you're going to get a paycheck for it. You need to get something for that. Or if you invest money with a broker, I hope you're going to get a return. I don't think any of us want to go into our investment person after five years and say, well, how much did I make on that $1,000? Well, you didn't make anything. Zero. Good job. Well, no. We expect a return on things like that. It's the balance that we're looking for. Or how do I feel? It's not wrong to have times of relaxation or comfort, times when you feel good. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with an occasional dozen donuts, right? It's not. There's nothing wrong with that. But what is wrong, of course, is when we turn our backs on Christ, when we experience discomfort. You know, Paul says, be a good soldier, be a good farmer, right? Be patient, be a diligent runner. You know, those things take exertion and things like that. So we fight that level of comfort that stops us from doing something for the Lord. Or how do I look? Again, there's nothing wrong with dressing appropriately, fitting in with societal norms. We need to do that. But we can't let societal norms dictate how we serve the Lord. There's a balance there. I'm bringing these up to get to a point here in a moment. Don't be like me a couple weeks ago when I was visiting somebody in the hospital. And when I go, I usually wear a sport coat or a suit or whatever, and I have my minister's badge. I went into the hospital, and I went to the information desk just to make sure that the room was correct. Thank you. So I go, and I get on the elevator. I think it was on the sixth or seventh floor. I'm on the elevator with a couple people, and I get up to the person's room. I walk through the down the long hallway, down the other long hallway, past the nurse's station, nodding to nurses and doctors as I go by, get into the patient's room, and talk with them, pray for them a bit. And the doctor came in and wanted to do a consultation. So he said, oh, you can stay. I said, OK. So I went and sat down, and he shared what he was saying. And then I even asked him a question about something. And we chatted a bit as I was sitting there. And I stood up, and I prayed for the person. And then I left, went in the elevator, back down the elevator, went all the way up. And before I left the hospital, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to go to the restroom before I leave. So I went in the bathroom. And as I shut the door, I turned around and looked, and my zipper was down the whole time. So don't be like that. Be a little more appropriate. That's my dad. Yes, that's my dad. And my dad would tell you, too, just like I did, too. So we want to be appropriate. We don't want to walk around all day long and people say, oh, that's that minister with the zipper down all the time. That's not a good thing. You say, well, how does that relate to today's thought? Well, many times the stress in our life comes from trying to look, trying to feel, trying to get, trying to be something that we need not try to be. When I learn in my life to let it go, oh, let it go. Stop trying to be something I'm not. Stop striving for something I shouldn't have. Stop frustrating my life with this concern or that concern. When I forget about, don't worry about how I look or how I feel or what I'm going to get or who gets the blame or all of those things. When I set those things aside, I will find more peace, 
more rest, more comfort, more security in Jesus. You know, there is a wonderful freedom in letting go and letting God. A wonderful freedom. I was talking with a good friend of mine a while back, and uh, the Lord has blessed him. He said he's worked uh, well uh, over the years and uh, has enjoyed a, a, a little higher standard of living. And, and one time he said to me, he said, my son works in finance. And he said, you know, Dad, to retire, to maintain your current standard of living, you're going to have to have at least a million dollars in investments. And he said, boy, I don't know. That's, I, don't, I don't have that. I don't, I don't know. And I said, well, brother, what says, why do you feel you have to maintain your current standard of living? Relax. If you can't maintain it, don't worry about it. Let the Lord take care of it. So instead of going to, uh, I don't even know what the name of a nice restaurant is. What's a nice restaurant? Well, Olive Garden, right? Instead of going to Olive Garden, go to Burger King. It's okay. You'll still, you'll still be fed. Right? Go to Burger King. But, you know, we, we, we strive to maintain a certain thing. Well, brother, at 70 or 75, you're not going to act like you're 20 or 25 anymore, right? You don't need to. You don't need to buy a boat. You don't need to buy the latest this or that. You don't need to. Relax. Let the Lord take you into another season of your life. So, so often we struggle and we strive to get and to be and to look and to have and all that. And all it does is just makes us tired. Makes us tired. So we want to talk about rest this morning and the rest that Jesus can give us. And, he, and, and first of all, he gives us a character which describes us, and he does it in a couple of words uh, in verse 28. Labor and laden. Labor and laden. Laboring in various forms. Obviously, we, we can labor in service to Satan through lust and greed and infidelity. Uh, we used to live in the realm of that liar. We've heard uh, this from the book of Ephesians when we were there. That destroyer, that thief, who's a life of dissipation, a life of loss. Of uselessness, we can we can do it by serving self. All of us still have that battle, don't we? Serving self, the appetites we have. And I'm not just talking about food. All of those desires that we have in us, self continues to war against the things of the spirit in our lives, and, and it becomes a laborious labor, self promotion, self protection, self gain, self preservation. What a pain! All of those things. I remember hearing uh, Eddie Murphy, that uh, famous comedian. He was talking one time about, he said, about money. And he said, well, when I didn't have a lot of money, I worried about it. He says, now that I have a lot of money, I still worry about it. Who's stealing it from me? What account is embezzling from me? What investment is happening here? Where's the money going? So he says, I still worry about it. And that's something that's just like life. Some of you are looking at me saying, yeah, I'd like to worry about it like that. We, 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 we can be in the service of Satan, we can be in the service of, of self, we can be in the service of formal religion. So often religion dictates things uh, that really we don't need to do. I remember uh, one time watching a thing on the Philippines and how that during that time of year, uh, I believe it's near Easter time, they believe there's a lot of believers, well maybe, I, I hope they're not believers, but they have these big parades where they self-flagellate themselves, they whip themselves to to reenact what Jesus went through. I'm glad I don't have to do that. Number one, they take their shirts off. I'm glad I don't have to take my shirt off in public. <laughs> Let alone whip myself. How sad for them. You say, well, yeah, that's sad for them, but what about us? Do we have religious things in our lives, but we deny the power thereof? Do we have formats, 
structures, things that are religious in our lives? Do we trust sometimes too much in horses and chariots, like David said? Do we trust the things of the world? Uh, I love that old hymn. Do we in our own strength confide our striving would be wasted or useless? All of those things can happen in our lives as well. As a matter of fact, for all of us, do you know that the true essence of the gospel really can be repulsive to us, even as believers? Because the true essence of the gospel is that God did it all through Jesus. You didn't do it, you never did do it, and you're not doing it now. It's all Jesus. And sinners don't like that, but you know what? Some saints don't like that either. Because there are some saints that like to make sure that they look holy and look spiritual and act spiritual and almost like they do it themselves. But they ain't. It's all Jesus. What did Jesus say? Apart from me, you can do nothing. He that hath begun a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. We have been given all things that pertain unto life and godliness. It was given to us, Paul says. We didn't earn it. I didn't do anything to get it. I now have it, and I better use it for his glory. But all things have been given to us. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Our faith doesn't finish our faith. Jesus finishes our faith. Our trust in him, our reliance on him, our resting in him are looking to Him. All of those things are what bring us rest. But all too often we religion, we labor in almost a religious fervor. But he says, not only do you labor, but you're laden. You're laden. That means things that are just piled on top of us. Now this, this is how it is in the world. Some things are thrust upon us. Poverty, sickness, loss. I was just talking to somebody before church, and they said, you know, it's like we went to sleep and woke up in a whole different world. It's just so bizarre. Everything is just bizarre right now. Everything is strange. Uh, and, and so sometimes it's thrust upon us. Some things we take upon ourselves. through sin, despair, heartache, guilt, fear, anxiety, greed, ambition, all those kind of things. But the result is always the same. Anxious, restless despair. Too much labor, too little rest. Too much sweat, not enough ease. Too many burdens, not enough peace. Too many strivings, not enough waiting. Too many cares, not enough calm. Jesus doesn't want us to live our lives that way. He wants us to be free of care, free of slavery, and he wants us to rest and recline in him. So those words are what he uses to describe it. And boy, you can just see the crowds that were around him listening to that. So he, he described what they're like, but then he invites them. And this is the wonderful part about this. He invites them to a blessing. And, and, and notice the, the very first word he says in verse 28, come to me all labor, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Not a surrogate, not a representative, not somebody that he sends. I will give you rest. Jesus said, it is my job to give you rest and to give you peace and security in your life. I will do it. It's Jesus who stands in the middle of his body right now and says, I will declare my Father's name to my brothers and sisters. He 
one that will deliver all of his brethren who were in bondage to fear and death into glorious liberty. I will be merciful and faithful as a high priest. I will make reconciliation for the sins of the people. I'll even raise you up on the last day. I go to prepare a place for you, and that's where I'm going to bring you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you, the word says. Hebrews, the 11th chapter, 13th chapter, verse 5. That's what that verse says. I will never, and if you read it, it is correct. I will never leave nor forsake. If you put those together in the Greek, that is five negatives. Five negatives. It is if Jesus is saying there, I will never, never, ever, ever, never leave you. Period. Get the point? Never. And that's why the next verse in Hebrews 13 says, So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I shall not fear. What can man do to me? What can man do to us? Worst case scenario is the best case scenario. We go home to be with Jesus. <laughs> never, never. Brothers and sisters, we're invited this morning to partake of a blessing which comes not from a government, not from a legislative body, not from a medical bureau or a bank or a church headquarters. It doesn't come from a good church service, a great sermon. Thank you for the compliments, but it doesn't come from a, from a good pastor or anything like that. It comes from Jesus. All other things are sinking sand. <laughs> All other things are sinking sand. Oh, I, I, I would desire that once again this this body and the church in America, especially, would get back to those early seekers that came to the disciples and they said those four most wonderful words: "We would see Jesus." Wow! When you're in that boat and it's being tossed all about in that sea of despair. It's Jesus that's going to calm the waters. When the doctor says, I'm sorry, it's Jesus that has the answer. When that suffocating darkness settles in all around you, it's Jesus. When you're all alone, it's you and Jesus. You're not alone. When your friends have forsaken you, it's Jesus. When your family has abandoned you, it's Jesus. When possessions have vanished, it's Jesus. I believe I feel that for somebody right now. Somebody's going through that right now. I'm telling you right now, you may think you ain't got nothing, but you You've got everything because you've got Jesus this morning. You've got it all. You've got it all. He alone gives rest to our conscience. He atones for sin. Wow. What a, how, how many are glad that you're forgiven this morning? <laughs> and, and how many are glad that you are forgiven not for that thing, that nasty thing that you did 10 years ago or when you used to live in the world like that, whatever you were. You were forgiven for that. How many are glad you were forgiven for what happened yesterday and what happened this morning? <laughs> Not that any of you have an attitude or a bad thing happened this morning, but oh my goodness, we can live and forget. What a clear conscience we can have this morning. He, he gives rest to our mind because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. He, he, he gives rest to our heart. He says, peace I leave with you, not as the world cares give unto you. My peace, let not your heart be troubled. Chill out. <laughs> Jesus said, relax, you're in my hands. He gives rest to our body. I 
full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. So that's what he gives us. And then he gives us a direction, right as he closes that out. And these <clears throat> directions are so simple. In verses 29 and 30, he just tells us very simply, number one, come to me. Come to me. Stop going everywhere else and come unto me, Jesus says. Shut the door, turn off the TV, shut off the radio, put away the book or whatever. Those are fine, but just shut it all out and come to me. Wow. And I'll give you. Yeah, as a matter of fact, he doesn't say there, I'll show you or I'll tell you. He says, I'm going to actually give it. I'll give it to you. <coughs> as a matter of fact, he says, I own it. Right. So I'll give it to you. And then he says, take, take, take. Be obedient to my belief. Just take it. Just take it. Hey, isn't that wonderful? Can you imagine? After church today, some big store, I won't say which one, take something that has the most expensive things in it. Lumber. Home <laughs> <laughs> <On> Depot. <laughs> and they just send a note to all of us and say, here, come. Come to Home Depot after church. Take it. Just take it. Just take it. We have a storehouse this morning in Jesus in the Word. We can just take it. And then he says, learn, <clears throat> that is, conform to me, conform to my ways, learn of me, learn how I, how I talk, how I walk, how I act. That, that's a difficult part, but learn, learn, take, come, learn, and guess what? I'll take the world's yoke off of you with all the pressure and the frustration and the anxiety and the worry, and I'll put my yoke on you, which is light and easy as you learn. When we do that, folks, we take off all that other junk, we put on everything that he is, and I guarantee you, you will find rest for your soul. You know, I was, in closing, I was, every now and then, I, I, something happens, I think about it, and I started worrying about something. I, I, I know you've all done this. I started worrying something that was possibly and then, you know, when you say it out loud, how stupid it sounds? Yeah. I was worried about something that was possibly like maybe 10 to 15 years down the road. Hmm. <laughs> Is that about the most stupid thing you've ever heard? Right. And you worry and you think about it. And, and as I went through that, and, and, and you know what I'm It's always at night, right? Almost always at night. At bedtime, and you're laying there, or early in the morning when it's dark. And I begin laying there in bed thinking about that. And, and as I begin thinking about that, my brain starts worrying, and my the flesh starts worrying, and things like that. So starts things start happening, and then your brain starts clicking, and and all of a sudden, thank the Lord, the Holy Spirit put a passage in my mind where the Psalmist David says that he's going to lay on his bed at night and sleep because he says, "My heart is indicting a good thing matter. I will speak forth those things which belong to the King." Mm. So in those times, we think not about this around us. We think about Jesus and the rest will come. Father, we thank you so much that we can rest in you. We can recline, just like, just like John did in the 
flesh when he laid his head on your breast. He just laid on you. Father, give us the faith and the diligence to lay on you. Do not worry about what we look like, or you even said it. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Doesn't the Father clothe all the little birds? Doesn't the Father take care of all the flowers in the field? And look how beautiful they are. Help us to rest in you. When you tell us we don't need it, we'll say, fine, we don't need it. When you tell us stop, stop striving, we'll stop striving. When you tell us to stop worrying, we'll stop worrying. And we'll take your yoke upon us. And we'll learn of you how you walked. And we'll find rest for our souls. I thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's stand together. I'm glad we can rest in him. Rest in him. Put two words, two little letters in front of the word rest. A-R. What do you get? Arrest. How many times when we get to feeling what we're feeling, we need to arrest ourselves, don't we? We need to arrest our minds. We need to arrest our spirits and our souls. And say, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to go there the flesh. I'm going to go the word way, and I'm going to concentrate on what he says. Arrest your spirit and rest in him. Hallelujah. Praise the name. Turn around. Bless somebody. Go forth praising him in Jesus' name. Enter into that rest.